Welcome to Manowaker Studios Flash Fiction Podcast. I'm CB Derogi. This week, Full Contact by D.A. D'Amico. Kahikahea lost the platform when the nearest Oko lumbered out of position, blocking her line of sight. It crashed into a divot on the ridge ahead, but the Oko hadn't noticed. They never did. She swore. Her fingers trembled in their worn gauntlets as she calmed herself, remembering that anger would use up more air than quiet resignation. She'd have to wait until they got back to Earth before she could stomp and scream without fretting over her O2 consumption. I didn't think that'd work anyway, she mumbled. The Oko lumbered away on an elongated foot muscle, undulating through the canyon-sized channel far below. It moved like a glacier, slow as cold tar and big as a fifty-story building. Cascading shades of blue outlined its dumbbell-shaped outer tegument. Mountainous flesh billowed like a sail caught in a strong breeze, turning as rigid as a wall of ice with every pause, while a spaghetti of appendages swirled Medusa-like from its triangular head. I give up. Captain Manolo Castell threw his hands in the air, his voice holding the tension Kahikahea felt. His orange pressure suit, with its faded patches and scraped dented helmet, made him look small against the landscape of riotous color. I can't surrender. I want to live. Kahikahea shared his frustration. She wanted nothing more than to rip off her suit, take a deep breath, and lie down. But there wasn't any air, and more than two hundred people would die if she didn't find a way to communicate with the Oko. You said you'd figure it out. Manolo's voice came through her speakers with a high-pitched clipping sound, an effect of the diluted gases added to their air supply. Just give me some more time. It was Kahikahea's responsibility to be the problem solver for the crew of the Lamprey. They'd chosen her to save them, but the Oko were just too alien. She couldn't figure them out. Two days. We won't be able to keep the scrubbers going after that. Manolo sighed, his voice a croak as he turned slowly away. I'm going to recommend we disengage. Take our chances back in Einsteinian space-time. It's suicide. The chances of the lamprey resolving into normal space anywhere near an Earth-like planet were too slim for even Kahikahea to calculate. We'll be dead just as fast out there. What other choice do we have? Humans couldn't survive in the thin swirl of toxic gases filling the Oko Canyons. The lamprey had exhausted its air supply weeks ago, its reserves days ago, and was now at the limit of its scrubbers. They needed to get home or get help. They needed the Oko. I don't know. Kahikahea took a deep breath, instantly regretting the waste of good air. Manolo was right. She'd been their only chance, and she'd failed. She'd tried every form of communication, from light to sound to smell, from symbols projected on a moving screen to sending a probe skittering around the creature's heads like a nagging fly. Nothing. No contact, no recognition of any kind. Without communication, they were as good as dead.
Let me try one more time, she pleaded, staring down the ridge to where the drone platform had crashed. I'll pilot the platform myself. A stripe of black so dark it hurt the eyes circled the chasm just below the ledge, a counterpoint to the riot of color above. Slashes of intense sapphire and lime crossed cherry-red bars along the walls of the upper chamber, like a Jackson Pollock painting, confusing the senses and leading Kahikahea to wonder if the Oko were colorblind. One of the creatures had lurched into the canyon from the darkness of the next chamber. It shuffled slowly across the trough, blocking the original Oko's path. They continued toward each other as if unaware they weren't alone, never slowing. They made contact. Kahikahea winced, expecting a thunderous boom as mountain met mountain, but the Oko stopped just in time, their bodies seeming to melt together. Then after a brief hesitation, they turned aside and continued along their original trajectories. That was weird, Manolo said. It was. Kahikahea had studied the creatures since her ship had piggybacked onto the Oko vessel's hull over a month earlier. They were solitary, and it was rare to see more than one in a chamber at a time. I wonder. The Oko stopped. They rotated to face each other, and Kahikahea's nose started to bleed. Sharp-edged pain shot through her jaw. She staggered, and Manolo fell to his knees beside her. What was that? He gasped. They can talk. Kahikahea said as the pain quickly subsided. She got the distinct impression there was meaning in that ultra-low-frequency noise. Just not to us. I know it's possible now, she said, slamming the last piece of the platform back into place. It looked like a curved shovel blade made from black lace. Its basket and oval tubs suspended below. They've never noticed before. What makes you think they'll notice now? Manolo's face was a blur behind his visor. She couldn't read his expression, but the anxiety in his words told her enough. They'll notice us because we need them to notice, she said. They've got to bring us back to Earth, and soon. Oko vessels had the ability to travel above the speed of light, something beyond mankind's capacity. They were predictable, as oblivious to human presence as a dog was to a flea on its back, and that made them perfect for piggybacking rides, until the lamprey attempted it. The Oko abandoned their route for the first time, stranding the lamprey's crew and making first contact not only essential, but desperate. Get in, Kahikahea said. No, why? Manolo had his gauntlet on the edge of the basket. He pulled it away as if it were on fire. Yes, now, she commanded. I need you to pilot this thing. We have to get it right this time. Manolo reluctantly pulled himself into the basket and linked into the controls. The platform shook. It tilted precariously as it lifted off and soared toward the nearest Oko. How close? Put us in its path, Kahikahea said. Manolo grumbled but complied. The creature had started moving, seeming to fall toward them like an avalanche. Manolo jerked the platform. It skittered to the side, spinning. Kahikahea grabbed his shoulder. No, keep us in front. It'll crush us. I don't think so. She remembered the way the two Oko had touched before recognizing each other. Maybe the Oko needed contact to initiate communication. But if I'm wrong... The Oko filled the sky. Individual ripples in its flesh moved like tidal waves across its immense body as the creature loomed higher and higher. 
falling over them like a collapsing mountain. Kahikahea exhaled. She hadn't realized she'd been holding her breath. Manolo choked back a noise. It's not stopping! Kahikahea whimpered, suddenly unsure. She thrust out her hands as if she could halt the rumbling surface. Icy cold penetrated her gauntlets. She trembled, her heart nearly exploding as she felt the pressure of the Oko's body touch hers. Then it stilled. The Oko became as solid as stone. Kahikahea's gloves brushed its surface. It felt wet, like weak old gelatin. I can't believe. The Oko turned, its flesh sliding out from beneath her hands like iced over snow, and it lumbered away. No! She screamed in frustration. She'd been so sure. That had to be it! It recognized you. You got an Oko to stop, and you didn't kill us in the process, Manolo said. Kahikahea had been overconfident when they'd first realized they'd been stranded, thinking she'd be able to get through to the Oko with little difficulty. She'd been trained in the basics of every imaginable subject, grounded in all the sciences, and taught to look at any problem from as many angles as it took to solve that problem. She thought she knew everything. She'd even convinced the captain to follow her lead. But in doing so, she'd used up valuable time and extinguished the remaining options. Her ego had killed them all. It's not enough! Kahikahea's nose itched. A trickle of blood slithered over her lips. Her teeth ached. A cold tingling raced up her spine, bringing with it a rush of adrenaline and the feeling that her head would explode. She clawed at her helmet. Her fingers fumbled the quick-release tabs, frantic to get the noise out of her mind, desperate to make it end. The hiss of escaping air stopped her. She gasped, dizziness threatening to topple her from the platform, hypoxia driving a wedge through her panic. They're speaking to each other. If they spoke, then they'd listen. Kahikahea forced herself to concentrate, the pain ripping at her thoughts, disrupting her as she poured all her strength into a plea for help. The Oko paused. It swiveled in their direction, its upper tentacles rushing by in long whip-like arcs, each braided strand as wide as a three-lane highway. Help! Help us! Take us home! Her thoughts matched her screams as she collapsed. A warm trickle of blood covering her trembling lips. Then, as quickly as it had started, the pain stopped, replaced by a low voice in her mind. Yes, we hear you now. This has been... Full Contact, written by D.A. D'Amico, and originally published in Shoreline of Infinity. Manowaker Studios Flash Fiction Podcast is supported by patrons on Patreon. Visit patreon.com slash manowaker to find out more. The Flash Fiction Podcast theme song is by Kevin McLeod. Manowaker Studios Director of Dice is Ben Baston. The podcast is produced edited, and narrated by me, C.B. Drogi. You can follow me on Twitter at C-B-D-R-O-E-G-E. Thanks for listening.
on the next installment of Flash Fiction Podcast, we're also doomed. In a few weeks, she'll move in. But in two and a half years, she'll move out. <laughs>